You are listening to the Pursuit Church SA podcast. We are a group of imperfect, real people on a mission to pursue God and love people. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. You know, we've been in a series uh, here this month for the last couple of weeks about living a life of gratitude. And what does that look like? What is what what is that uh, all about? And in week one, we you know uh, you know we did not uh, you know go the smooth route. We went right to really a hard thing. Uh, week one, we talked about how to have gratitude even in our grief. Right, that there's actually a way to have gratitude even when you're grieving. So important. And then last week, we were able to look at being grateful because we're never alone. And the reason we're never alone is we have a family, right? Not just an earthly family, but we talked about the fact that we're in God's family. And as long as we're in God's family, we literally are never alone. So this week, let me start with this. Do you remember that time when someone promised you something then did not come through? Maybe it was when you were a child and a parent promised to take you somewhere, right? Anybody ever been there? Maybe it was a friend who said they would do something and then didn't do it. Maybe you've been that person. Maybe you've even been that parent who, despite your best intentions weren't able to quite keep the promise that you made. Has anybody ever been there? Anybody ever done that? Well, I have something today that we can really be grateful for that we're going to talk about. And the good news that I have for you today is God is not like that. <laughs> God is not like that. God, on the other hand, is faithful, right? We can count on God when he makes a promise to us. And that, my friends, is something to be grateful for, right? That is something to be grateful for. Now, we can count on God's promises, but I want to make a distinction here because I want to talk about what that means just for a minute and what that doesn't mean, okay? God's fulfilling of his promises, his faithfulness in his promises is not just him doing whatever we ask whenever we ask. That's, that's not what we're talking about today. You see, God is not an ATM machine. God is not a, a genie in a bottle, okay? It's all about relationship, first of all. But here's the thing I want you to remember about God's promises. God's promises are rooted in his will. In other words, they're what God wants to have happen. That's his will. And they're realized in our lives through our obedience, right? Those two things go together. So when we talk about God's promises, it's not just, you know, whatever. No, if God says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. But remember that his promises are rooted in what he wants to see happen, right? Not just filling our little fancies and our desires, right? That's not what it's about. So it's important that that we remember that. So God promises his promises us things that he wants to see happen. That's his will. And again, we benefit or experience the benefit of those promises when we do what he says. Okay, those, those two things go together. So just to show you this distinction, you know, a, a little further, chap, uh, Numbers chapter 23, we talked about how we as 
humans here don't always keep our promises, but thank God, he's God. This is what God, this is what it says about God. God is not a man that he should lie, or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said and he will not do it? Or has he spoken and will not fulfill it? We can count on God to keep his promises. You see, God is faithful in all of his promises to us from the very beginning of time to the very present day in which we are here. He's always been faithful and he will always be faithful. We should be grateful for that. We should be grateful for that. You know, I want to show you three different ways that we directly benefit from God's faithfulness today. Uh, God is faithful, just to be clear, in everything he says, right? I'm only going to talk about three of them today, but everything God says, he's faithful to fulfill. He's faithful to do, okay? But I want to talk about three specific things that as I studied these this week, as I looked at them, I became even more grateful. And the three things that we're going to talk about are so fundamental to the heart of the gospel. And that's, that's why I, I guess I found so much gratitude in it, because they're just so central to living and being a follower of Jesus. The first is this. God is faithful to forgive our sins. Anybody in the house grateful that God is faithful Woo! to forgive our sins? Man, that's like, that's like gospel 101. That's the heart of the gospel of Jesus Christ is what he came to do so that our sins could be forgiven. And this is what it says in 1 John 1, 9. It was interesting. Luchana actually mentioned this scripture as we were praying today. And I already knew it was in our message. It says, if we confess our sins, he is what? Faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God's faithful to forgive our sins. Now, remember, there's a part of that that we got to do first, right? We, we just got to say, hey, I'm a sinner. I got, I got issues. I got problems, right? And when we are faithful, to, when we're faithful to confess our sins, God is faithful to forgive them. Wow. So awesome. What, what a promise. None of us are perfect, and, you know, we all disobey God. Let's see if we're going to be real. And that sin, though, it can separate us from God. So thank God we, we have a God that, that will forgive our sins because otherwise we'd live separated from him. And that's not a good place to be. Living apart from God is a lonely place to be. Come on, man. Some of us have been there before. Some of us may be struggling in some areas there right now. Living apart from God is a lonely place to be. Because we're separated from his love, his grace. And it's not that he isn't there to give those things. He's there all the time to give those things. But we're not taking advantage of them because we're kind of distancing ourselves through our own sin, right? And yet by accepting God's promise to forgive our sins through what Jesus Christ did on the cross, we don't have to stay in our sin. Thank God. Anyone here grateful for that? I mean, wow, you, you talk about... Thanksgiving, and we're getting ready to be grateful for all of our blessings. I can't think of another blessing greater than that. I can't think of another thing in our life that we should be more grateful for than the fact that God is faithful to forgive our sins. What a, what a blessing. Now, here's the thing with God's forgiveness. You can believe it, number one. 
If God says he's going to do it, he's going to do it. We just read that in Numbers, right? God is not a man that he should say, ah, I was just kidding. No, God says he's forgiving our sins and he's going to do it. But there's a couple other things we can count on. God's forgiveness is total and complete. God's forgiveness is total and complete. God just doesn't partially forgive your sins. Eh, do 80% there, maybe 50% of that one. No, that was a pretty bad one. Only 10% of that's getting forgiven, right? Y'all really messed that one up. No, God's forgiveness is total and it's complete. So there's two things about that. One, I don't want anyone to ever think or walk out of here thinking that there's a sin that God cannot forgive. There is nothing to whatever you want to describe, too far away from God that he cannot redeem and fix and forgive in your life. No matter what you've done, God is faithful to forgive you, okay? All you have to do is the first thing that we read in 1 John, just confess it. God, I'm a sinner. I'm messed up in this area. Now, if we let pride keep us from doing that, then we kind of have, we got a little problem there, right? We got to get over ourselves and say, hey, God, I'm a sinner, and recognize that. And God is faithful to forgive us, no matter what. It, he doesn't put conditions on that. It doesn't say there's these four sins I'll forgive and these eight that I won't. No, he said, I will be faithful to forgive everything, every sin. And then the other one is what I mentioned a moment ago is this, this kind of concept of partial forgiveness. You know, maybe, I don't know. Maybe that one, no, let me, let me put it this way. You know, a number of years ago, when I was younger, you know, I had, had some credit issues, right? Where's Carl? Hey, I, I, I had some credit problems, okay? In fact, I even had a couple of accounts that went to a credit collection agency, okay? Now, as part of that process, and some of you, you know, may be all too familiar with this, but, you know, maybe it's just probably not just me. But sometimes those credit collection agencies will what they call settle your account for less than the balance that you owe, right? So you owe $1,000 and they say, ah, we'll settle this for 500 bucks. So in other words, they'll settle your account for less than what you owe. And maybe some of us think that God's forgiveness works the same way, but it doesn't. Okay, Jesus Christ paid your account in full on the cross. Every part of your sin cost him something. There was no partial payment. There was no, you know, I'm only going to, you know, hang on the cross for 42% of your sin. No, it's 100%. Jesus Christ paid your account. He paid my account in full completely. So what's the benefit to us of that is we don't have to have those sins hanging over our head, right? Oh, well, did you, come on now. Did, did Jesus really just pay for, you know, some of it? No, he paid for all of it. He paid your account in full. He paid your account in full. That is something to be grateful for. <laughs> that is something to be grateful for. When we believe in in God's faithfulness to forgive our sins, it allows us to move forward out of the shame and the guilt that our enemy wants to keep us in. 
Our enemy wants to keep reminding us of our sin. Oh, you did this. He's called the accuser of the brethren, right? He's always whispering in your, no, you're not really forgiven for that. No, no, you, you did this. You did that. You're not good enough. You're this, you're that. No. When Jesus died on that cross, he wiped all of that away. That is something to be grateful for. You see, because of God's faithfulness to forgive our sins, we can now have freedom. We don't have to live in our sin anymore. We can actually have freedom. That is something to be grateful for. Now, the second thing I want to talk about is related to the first, and that's this. God is faithful to forget our sins. Not only does he forgive them, he's faithful to forget them. Wow. That's powerful, man. That is powerful. This is what it says in Isaiah 43, 25. It says, I, God speaking of himself, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. And in Hebrews 8, 12, it tells us, for I will be merciful toward their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. Wow, can God be any more clear? Not only does he forgive us, he forgets. God blots out our transgressions, wipes them away. Hey, have any of you ever used that, you know, liquid thing you put on the paper to kind of, you know, there's a word you want to take out or cover up or whatever off the page? You know, that's kind of old school now, but, you know, most everyone uses computers, you know, whatever. But some of you may have had that, in case you don't know, the little thing called this little liquid eraser. You, Put on there and it wipes out or covers up your mistake on the page. Well, when God blots our transgressions out, he's not using liquid eraser. He's actually using the blood of Jesus Christ to cover your sin, to actually remove it from the page. Wow, that's powerful. That is so powerful. You know, the book of Isaiah, God said this, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. I don't think I put this in your notes, Mike, so don't worry about it. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. White, clean, as if they never existed. You know, there actually is a book in heaven where... These things are recorded, but it's not the kind of book that you may be thinking about. It's not, you know, the naughty and nice book, you know, like some, some people may be thinking this time of year. No, this is the book of life. And when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, your name goes in it. You can read about that in Luke chapter 10, in Revelation chapter 20. Your name gets written in that book when you accept Jesus Christ. We talked last week, that's, that's really when you come into God's family. That's when your name, you remember we talked about the, the book, you know, that's the book. What a powerful promise. What a beautiful, you know, what a beautiful reminder to us of God's faithfulness that the God of all creation, the one, let's think about this, the God of all creation, in other parts of his word, it says he knows everything. He knows your thoughts. He knows what you're thinking about doing, what you're not thinking about doing. He knows everything. It says he is all-knowing, and yet he chooses to forget your sin. Wow. Wow. 
God knows it all, and yet he chooses to forget. What a God we serve. I mean, what, what, how grateful should we be that God not only forgives our sin, but he forgets them. Here's the thing about God, though. There's always more. There's always more. <laughs> There's always more. So let me get to the, the, the third thing I, I think that we can be thankful for today and grateful for, and that is this. God is faithful to finish what he starts. God is faithful to finish what he starts. You know, from the beginning of time, we see that this is just part of God's character. It's part of who he is. God is a finisher. God is a finisher. Come on, back in the book of Genesis, in the very beginning, Genesis 2-2, this is what it says. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from the work that he had done. Done indicates what? It's finished. Right? God finishes what he starts. I don't know about you, I don't finish what I start <laughs> a lot of times. Anybody get, get involved in a project or something at home and you just kind of, wow, I'm too tired to do that. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to finish that up today. Man, I'm telling you, I am so thankful that we serve a God that, that doesn't do that. He finishes what he starts. He doesn't get into a project and say, ah, it's too hard. I'm just going to leave Bob alone. I'm not, I'm not going to keep building in his life. I'm not going to keep, you know, pouring into him. I'm not going to keep watching over him. No. He keeps doing all of those things because he's faithful to finish what he starts. He's faithful to finish what he starts in your life. Come on. That's, that's something to be grateful for. You see, in creation, God set out to create something, right? He created a world. He created this earth. He created everything in it. And he created what he's called his masterpiece. You and me and anyone that's ever lived. God created that. And so he brought to a conclusion that part of his plan, right? He just, we just read in Genesis, it is finished, God said this after he'd done all of that. He created the earth, everything in it, and you and I. But then God continued on with the next part of the plan, right? Because you see, his plan all along was for us to live with him forever, to be in relationship with him forever. And so in order for that part of the plan to be finished, God sent his son. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to finish the work that he already started. Because we weren't com totally complete yet, right? He'd done this part, and yet there was this thing called sin that was going to prevent the rest of the plan from coming about. And so God always had his plan. He, he already knew what he was going to do. And so he sent Jesus. Philippians 1.6 says this when... Paul tells us, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. What is Paul really saying there? He's just saying simply this, all roads lead back to Jesus. <laughs> you notice how the completion part is only found in Jesus Christ. Without Jesus Christ, there is no completion. There, there is no finished work without Christ. So you see Jesus and the person of Jesus Christ is the center 
of that part of the plan. He's the center of the finishing work that God is still doing in us. And so Jesus did come and do his part of the plan. Jojo, if you want to come. In John 18.30, this is what Jesus said as he hung on the cross, getting ready to take his last breath. And it says, when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. It was finished. It's still finished. That moment finished the work that Jesus, come on. That moment finished the work that Jesus was called to do. And it finished for us our salvation. It finished the opportunity for us to live with God forever. But again, one of the beautiful things about the God we serve is that even though our place in heaven may have been secured in our salvation, God knows that we still have a life to live here for him and with others. So again, with God, there's what? There's always more, right? So even even though Jesus actually finished the work, God knew that we would still have to live here, right? So let me tell you how great and gracious our God is. You see, God is patient with us in the process. God is patient with us in the process. And again, even though our salvation may have already been secured, or maybe for some of you it'll be secured today, God wants us to finish well. God wants us to finish our race well. Jesus already finished his race well. He wants us to finish our race well. This is what it says in 2 Peter 3, 8, and 9. Peter said this to us, Do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward us, not wishing that any should perish. That's God's will, by the way, that he doesn't want to lose anybody. That's, that's his heart of a father. He doesn't want any of us not to return. Remember that. But that all should do what? Reach repentance. Now this scripture points out three very important things for us, I think. One, God is patient. God is patient with us. Even when we become impatient with ourselves or impatient with our circumstances. The second thing we see is that God doesn't look at time the same way we do, right? God's kind of outside of time, right? Our 24 hours and 365 days a year and all those things, that's really a, a human construct, right? And God is not required to work within our time frame, okay? He's, he's, he's in his own time frame, right? And the third thing we see is that coming to him, returning to him, this thing called repentance is an important part of us finishing well. Yeah, got quiet. Yeah. Yeah, but it but it's important. It's it, it's a part of his plan. It's a part of his process. So, when we see things maybe in our life that seem to be slipping away, 
situations, circumstances that we don't understand, we can be confident that God is faithful. That he's going to complete what he wants to complete. You know, he can turn any situation, here's the thing about God, he can turn any situation around in a moment, he can do it in a moment. We, we, had a, we had a series, you know, not too long ago called Moments, right? God can fix or change or do something in a moment. He can also do it over the course of a lifetime. How many, how many, how many anybody in here, you're praying for something right now that you don't see yet? It hasn't been realized, right? Come on. Come on. God is still, God can be faithful to fix it in a lifetime. Now, we don't always like that, right? <laughs> but I'm telling you, God can fix things in a lifetime. And if we're being honest, this is, this is the one we sometimes struggle with the most. God can actually fix things on the other side of this world. And oftentimes, that's what he'll do. In fact, if you read Hebrews chapter 11, it's called faith, right? It's called the faith chapter. The author there makes reference to most of the greatest people that we see in the Bible never saw their dreams or hopes completely realized in this world. Most of them did not. We, we can take some gratitude in that. That God uh, did, did that mean God wasn't faithful to fulfill what he'd promised them? Absolutely not. In fact, it says the opposite. It's just that they saw God's faithfulness and completion on the other side of the veil. It says that there's actually a great crowd of witnesses in heaven that are, that are bearing record that, that's, that, that God is faithful. They're cheering you and I on to remind us the God that we all serve is faithful and that we don't want to get too wrapped up in our time frame. Instead, we want to be confident and hopeful in God's time frame because he is a man or is not a man that he should lie. Will he not do what he says is what the words told us today. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. I want you to remember that God is always faithful. He is always going to finish what he starts, as the scripture said, in Christ Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of God's completion plan for our lives. You know, I'm not going to read you the entire story, but probably one of the greatest examples in the Bible of what we're talking about today is the story of Joseph. In uh, Genesis, he's got a long story, by the way. It's Genesis starts in chapter 37, goes all the way to 50. He's got, he's got a lot of ink. wonder why Joseph's story has so much attention. Well, I think in many ways, it's about what we're talking about today. If you think about Joseph, <laughs> Joseph had a dream. Well, that dream cost him. <laughs> what that dream cost him, right? It cost him the ridicule of his brothers. It, it cost him a lot, right? And it looked like for a long time in Joseph's life that that dream was not going to happen, right? He was sitting in prison for years. He was whatever. There's a lot of things in Joseph's story, but in the end, God had a plan. And God's plan was to finish 
that dream that he had given to Joseph. Now, Joseph got to experience the full cycle here in life. We, we may not always get that, right? But I want to give you some hope and encouragement that that's a great example of how Joseph had everything restored in that original dream, right? God brought all... Now, I don't think Joseph had any idea how God was going to do that, right? It certainly didn't look like the most likely way that he was going to fulfill that dream. But God knew what was best. And that's, that's what we have to do. As, as we trust in God's faithfulness, we have to remember he knows what's best. We see that in the New Testament in terms of God using things to bring about his purposes. Romans 8.28, which many of you have, have probably seen or heard. But that scripture simply says God's going to use everything ultimately for our good. That's his faithfulness. God's going to use everything in our life. And what does it say? As long as we love him and we stay in his plan and his purpose, right? God is faithful. What, what a God we serve that is faithful to forgive our sins, that is faithful to forget our sins, and who is faithful to finish what he starts. That is something to truly be thankful for. You know, as we take time this next week to gather with family and friends for Thanksgiving, that's wonderful. It's a beautiful time to contemplate our blessings, but at the heart of everything, we probably should be thankful most of all for God's faithfulness in our life. Let's pray. Father, we come before you now to express our gratitude and our love. God, we thank you for your faithfulness. We are so grateful that you fulfill all of your promises to us and for us. We thank you for your grace, your mercy, and your loving patience as you lead us and guide us. Father, help us to live in the promises that you have made us. Promises to forgive us. Promises to forget our sins. And your promise to finish what you start. God, we love you and we ask you as we leave here today, to do so with a renewed hope in the power and the promise of your faithfulness, your goodness in doing what you say you will do. Father, we believe that and we receive it and we do it in Jesus' name. And if you'll just kind of keep your eyes closed for a minute, I also want to offer anyone here the opportunity that has not yet realized those promises of God by accepting his son Jesus Christ and the finished work that he did, we want to give you that opportunity today. And you know it's not complicated. All it takes is a very simple prayer. So if you would just join with me in, in this prayer uh, in support of anyone for today who's wanting to join God's family, let's just pray this together. God, I come to you today and confess that I am a sinner. I know that Jesus came to take my sins away and that he paid fully for my sins. 
And so today I repent and turn away from my old life and walk into a new life with you. I want to live this new life as part of your family, God. So come into my life now and make me new. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If God is transforming your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. You can give at PursuitChurchSA.com give. Thank you for listening and remember to follow us to enjoy more messages like this.